0: Tuesday, November 17th, and you're listening to episode number five of the Casuals Only Football Podcast. Your hosts, per usual, are Mike Speranza, Josh the Ace Ace Vito, and myself, Kenny C. We have another interesting show for you guys here today, some entertaining football topics. Number one being, are the LA Rams a contender? Which team has surprised you the most? We will also give our Week 11 Fantasy ad drops and a Packers-Colts preview. Fellas, how's it going?
1: Doing great. Uh, it's a little chilly out. It's starting to get cold, but excited for this show. Ace, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing good. Yeah, it was snowing raw at. It's football season now where yes, the real sir. boys go to play. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. when When the winter cold
0: comes... You already know we're getting closer and closer to December football where it matters most. And that's where we're going to talk about the Rams as we get closer to that time, as we get closer to Turkey Day Thanksgiving. And that's our, are the Rams a
2: contender? So I'm going to take this topic off right here. And I think, yes, right now I currently have them as like the fourth or fifth best team in the NFC, the way the Seahawks have utterly derailed throughout the season this month. And, you know, first I just want to say this, Jalen Ramsey, I don't know, ever since he's gotten the league, he's gotten so much disrespect. He can't catch a ball. He's overrated. I think he's the best corner in the league. You can put him and Jer Alexander there, and that's a topic we can have for debate in the future. But he absolutely clamped DK. Russell Wilson wouldn't even look at him in the game. I think the Rams are running the ball well, too, which enables Jared Goff. He is a play-action passer but DJ Henderson and Cam Akers are doing a really good job. And when this team does not turn the ball over, they prove they can be a great team. Problem is Jared Goff will hold on the ball too much, and he can single-handedly destroy this team. But when he's on fire, this team is going good. Currently has the number two ranked pass defense in the league. And we all know defense wins championships, especially in the sport of football. I think this team really is a shot for the division title and has really a chance to win one or two playoff games. Yeah, I'm going to
0: piggyback right off of Ace. I definitely think that the Rams are a contender, especially when you have the mastermind uh, McVay as your head coach. Uh, you look at the losses by the, by the Rams, and you know it could alarm you in terms of their consistency because their three losses, one against the Bills, one against the Niners who had Jimmy G, Kittle, and Moistert still playing. Another against the Dolphins where Flores just flat out out-coached uh, McVay, and clearly they had, you know, Goff at the four turnovers. So, you know, you look at their wins, and they've really only beat up on the NFC East and a Bears team that has no identity on offense. So that, to me, is something that is kind of an eyebrow raiser moving forward. They also need to prove that, you know, they can get a, a deep ball threat going because it doesn't really look like they have many deep – Deep uh, receivers, and that was exposed in the Dolphins game. However, nonetheless, you look at this defense, and this is a number one ranked unit going into the Seattle game, led by their first first year uh, defensive coordinator Brandon Staley, who's doing an incredible job with this unit. A couple more stats on this defense: the Rams only give up about two hundred ninety one point nine yards a game. They're second in passing defense, and with one hundred ninety seven point one yards per game. Um. And fourth in rush defense, 94.8 yards per game and tied for third in scoring defense with 19 points. We all know about Iron Donald and how much of a beast he is, how much havoc he wreaks against offensive linemen. They got to double and triple this man just to try to uh, try to attempt to quadruple him. that, man. Quadruple that, man. Exactly. And... He's contributed to nine of their 31 sacks. Michael Brockers has got him next to him. Another really good guy on this defense. Outside linebacker Leonard Floyd has been playing like an absolute baller. Three-sack performance on Sunday against Seattle. They got uh, some young and inexperienced linebackers in Michael Kaiser, Kenny Young, and Troy Reader. They've held their own this season. And like Ace said, Jalen Ramsey put some damn respect on his name, locked up the shed for winter against D.K. Metcalf. Jalen Johnson as well, they've been holding it down in the secondary. They've been doing a great job. Then you look offensively. If the Rams can get the play action going and keep their McVay play calling unpredictable, they're a very hard team to beat. They got the youthful backfield, Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown. They actually ranked seventh in the league, and the O-line has been superb. Losing Andrew Whitworth was pretty damn big because he's been playing the best left tackle of his career. Six to eight weeks, that's going to be a bad – take down for them. But I think Joseph nopum fits the McVeigh shoes on offense and their skill set Very, very uh, quality, easy mover who can get to the second level as a run blocker and allies. LA has a very outside uh, run running game. So I think he has good enough feet to help hold up there. And in the past protecting as, as well, all in all, I think that if the Rams stay consistent and they can go into Tampa Bay on Monday and pull out a win, I think it'll boost their momentum even more. And I think that at the end of the season, they'll come out on top in this NFC West.
1: This is a tough question. I, I really like their defense, but I'm not sure if I fully trust this offense yet. You can argue that their losses to the Dolphins and the Niners were because of their offense. This defense is great though. They've been good all year. We all know about number 99 and Jalen Ramsey, but it, takes more than two guys to have a great unit. John Johnson III is back to his form after an injury riddled 2019. The big veteran in the middle, Michael Brockers, still playing well. And the biggest surprise on this defense has been their second corner, Darius Williams, is tied for third in the league in interceptions, went undrafted and was waived by Baltimore in 2018. He's in his third season now and has been very good opposite Ramsey this year. He's a really, really cool story. I always like those undrafted to starter careers, and he's been a big part of their success. They're only giving up 18.7 points per game and have been playing like a top-five defense. And I have an impressive stat right here. The Rams defense has given up three points or less in the second half of eight of nine games this season. That's pretty remarkable. This defense, the – complement each other so well because Donald is an absolute menace in the trenches and they can also cover well in the back end. And when Ramsey, he acts serious, he takes the receiver in front of him serious. He can lock down any receiver in the game. But to answer the question, I'd have to say I'm in the middle right now. They have the Bucks next, then the Cardinals two weeks after that. Those are two very good offenses, and it's hard to assume the Rams' defense will completely shut them down. So it'll be the offense that has to hold up their end. Now, the only shootout the Rams have been in this year, and I'd classify shootout being both teams have 25-plus points, they lost to the Bills. Four of their six wins came from the horrible NFC East, like Kenny said, and another win off the fraudulent Chicago Bears. And – also they they also have two bad losses. They beat a division rival in the Seahawks who are 1 in 3 in their last four and they have the Bucks Monday night. Like I said, Cardinals two weeks after that, so we'll see what they're really made of. So again to answer the question, you know, I'm not even going to be indecisive here. I'm just going to say no. As of right now, I don't think they're a legit contender.
2: I mean, Mike, you mentioned their corner Williams playing really great. Can we just talk about how he picked? I mean, Russ made a terrible throw in the back of the end zone, but my man really went to cover the inside post, turns around, makes his way great back play. out to the wheel, gets great a pick. Play. He's been playing amazing. I, I'm just really happy about this Rams defense as a whole because Russell Wilson played by far his worst NFL game this season to that rams d and that's an electric offense the question is can goff protect the ball oh yeah it's
1: definitely going to come down to goff whether he can play consistent or not because like you know they like i said that niners loss i know they weren't they were a little bit more healthy but they goff did not play well that game and then that, that dolphins game the offense was terrible
0: yeah i mean and in that game i mean like i said Flores flat out, out coach McVay, which doesn't happen a lot, but I agree. Um, Goff's definitely got to step it up and be consistent if this Rams team wants any shot going deep into the playoffs. In terms of the division, I mean, Seattle's defense just on a historic pace to be one of the worst in history. And, you know, if you have to have Russ put the team on your back game after game like we saw last year, I don't see Seattle coming away with this division. And, you know, look in terms of the Cardinals and their defense. I mean, they've looked a little fraudulent in the past couple weeks. But, I mean, Murray keeps them in games. We all saw the Hale Murray. That was a crazy Mm -hmm. play. But we're going to move on right here into the next topic. Which team has surprised you the most this year? I'm actually going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm specifically looking at how non-impressive their offenses look this year. Looking at Lamar Jackson, here's a guy that made immense strides in his passing ability from his rookie year to his second year. Rookie year, you look at his stats, 58.2 completion percentage. Second year, he went way up to a 66.1. Yardage, he more than doubled his first year total, and he had just six touchdowns his rookie year, 36 his second year. Now, a large part of his success was obviously due to, you know, his ability to take off with the football, so teams obviously had a game plan for either side of him. But this season, it's just a head-scratcher to me. This is essentially the same exact team as last year, only Lamar has found extreme struggles in being able to stay in the pocket and be an effective passer. Looking at their scoring ability, too, as an offense as a whole, for a team that set a record by scoring 20 or more points in 30 straight games, and also this time, November, they played four games, 37 points, 49 points, 41, and 45, respectively. This team just looks like a former shell of what it was last year on offense, and they've really made their identity all about the running game and running the football and trying to be a powerhouse team in terms of running the football, and Lamar, you know, with the instinct to just take off with the football rather than hang tight for a little and see what he has downfield, he's kind of just jumping the gun, and, you know, if you want to keep up with the big dogs in this league, you have to learn how to pass effectively like they did last year. Greg Roman, the OC, I think he needs to do something, anything to make this offense look less predictable and stagnant and get Lamar that confidence back in throwing the football. Their biggest issue – is, has been establishing scoring drives. I mean, we saw it against the Patriots, against the 31st-ranked defense. They couldn't get it done, going three and out, three and out, three and out, just not being able to put up the big scoring plays that are needed. Now, granted, they did play in a monsoon, but in the weeks prior to that, it's been the same type of issue for the Ravens, and that's why they've been the biggest surprise to me.
1: The great ones always adapt, and Lamar's going to have to find a way to – Changes his game up a bit. That's the problem. You, mm-hmm. you know, when you have a way to beat them or beat him, other teams are going to see that. This is a copycat league. Teams are going to use that same game plan and try to stop you. But, no, those are some good points. But, anyway, I've been very impressed with the Dolphins this year. And it starts with Brian Flores. He has established a culture there. Even last year he had his guys playing hard. That defense is starting to come to fruition, and they now have an identity. You can see the Patriots' defense fingerprints on the Dolphins, and it also helped that they signed some guys who fit what Flores wants to do. They want to run man coverage, and they can do that now consistently by pairing Byron Jones with Xavier Howard, and they want to be multiple and versatile up front. The best example of this was Past Sunday in their game against the Chargers They did a great job Confusing Herbert by disguising their Coverages, pre-snap Movement and delayed blitzes Keenan Allen after the game actually said Quote, it was more of the scheme They had a great game plan for us They executed it well I would say we were probably pretty confused Out there with the looks that they were giving us End quote They have, Dolphins have two very Good wins against the Rams And the Niners Tua has played well. They're not asking him to do too much, and he's executing the offense enough these past couple games. Their ground game is still a little inconsistent, and they need to build that, up that O-line. They have a lot of draft capital with those trades they made, Minka Fitzpatrick and Laramie Tunsil. Now they just need those picks to be hits. They're on a five-game win streak right now, and last year they finished in total with five wins. They're in position for a wild-card spot. There's a lot of football left to be played, but as of right now, you have to give some props to this organization done so far this season.
2: So originally speaking, I was actually going to pick the Dolphins, but when I thought about it, I thought their team would be better. They really spent the whole bag in free agency, picking up Byron Jones and Kyle Van Noy. But for this team, I'm going to stay in the same division here. I'm going to go with the Patriots. So, in the summer, you know, before COVID and everything, I was like thinking, "Yo, the Patriots, I think actually have a chance to compete for this division title." But then all hell broke loose in a uh, free agency, and all their players deciding to sit out for COVID. I have a list right here. This includes; these are just the notable names that have left either from COVID or free agency. Cal Van Noy, who had a good season. Dante Hightower, who's an amazing middle linebacker. Jamie Collins. Patrick Chung, the right tackle, Marcus Cannon, and Tom Brady. And, you know, there's no OTAs. Like, a lot of this league has changed. You don't have the same players. And, like, people are really out here disrespecting Bilichek's name. You know, he lost Brady, and now they're going to say, oh, Brady was the sole reason of success in that team. When you lose that many players, especially on a great defense that he had last year, this is a different team. He's working with Cam Newton, who they signed very late into free agency. So they didn't have as much time to adjust. COVID hits Cam and Gilmore. This team has lost so many roster spots. And for them to be almost 500, you know, after all these troubles started happening to this Patriots roster, I thought they're going to join the tank for Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes out here. But, you know, they're four and five. They beat the Ravens, which, yes, Con, to your point, have been utterly disappointing for the season that they had last year. You know the Patriots. I don't think they're going to go far, but the fact that they can compete for the COVID eight seed, if that happens, or the seven seed, is impressive considering this roster turnover that happened.
1: They'll be back, though, no doubt. They'll be back. I trust Bill Belichick. I trust that organization. Next year, I'm confident that they'll be back. They'll have yeah. money. They'll get their players back, and. Belichick actually—he said something the other day. He was like, "We sold out for five years." I think I said this on the last episode. On the last episode, we won Super Bowls. We went to AFC Championship. We don't have money, and they just lost Tom Brady. So, I think they'll be back next year.
2: Yeah, it's just yeah. the disrespect to Belichick has just been pissing me off. Oh, it's been—it's so, been—they're so unlucky. Part. The
0: Patriots—they're losing
2: everyone to Gibbons. And
0: exactly, like the amount of players they lost to the COVID list. And me and Mike were talking about this today. Their O line, I don't know where the hell people got this narrative <laughs> why well, they have no O line. Brady had no O line when he was looking bad in 20, 2019. Like, I don't know where this narrative came from because this is still a top 10 unit. So very good. I, I definitely think they'll be back in it. Damian Harris has made huge strides this season for them mm-hmm. in that backfield. They'll get Sonny Michelle back. You know, like what I'm seeing from Nikhil Harry lately and Jacoby Myers, so Edelman will be back from injury. So, yeah, I think this is a next-year kind of problem for the Patriots, but all around some good points from you fellas, and we'll move on to the next topic, which is the Fantasy Week 11 Add and Drop Players of the Week. My top add
1: of the week is Jalen Rager. He's finally been healthy these past two games and he's received even though it's short but career high targets in those two two outings even with the eagles receiving court being healthy this past sunday he led the team in routes run and he has shown some flashes at times he started out hot on sunday and the eagles offense you know really struggled for the rest of the game And with this Eagles team hurting on offense and specifically the passing game, I think he could be a reliable target for Wentz in this offense moving forward. And they're going to need him for the rest of the season. Now for my drop of the week, I have T.Y. Hilton. He's had an extremely disappointing year for a Colts team that could use some weapons on the outside. He has not cracked above 100 yards receiving or even caught a single touchdown pass this season. On top of that, he's 31 years old. He doesn't have the same juice and explosiveness he used to bring to the table. And he's had an injury-riddled career, already missed some time this season. So you can drop him if you still have him in leagues.
0: And, Mike, your pick of Jalen Rager, man, did he really mess up my week with, with uh, Travis Fulgham? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, uh, having, having
1: that's what I'm saying. even equals... with them fully healthy, he still he played a lot. They obviously think yeah. highly of him and I think him and Wentz will continue to develop
0: there. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good pick. They got a lot of they got a lot of targets for Wentz now that everybody's healthy. But um, my ad for the week is going to have to be Washington's running back J.D. McKissick. If you're in a PPR league, this guy's a must add. I'd say he's an RB2 to a flex caliber player. And although they have Antonio Gibson as their primary back, he's more of the ground and pound back. That's going to make the most noise running the football. And McKissick, where he comes in as really effective, is in the passing game. And especially in PPR leagues, if your running back's getting good receiving yards, he's definitely going to get you some good points. Alex Smith looked charged up in the game against Detroit and ready to go. Threw like 50-plus times, 350-plus yards. I think he had like 390. So if Alex Smith is on the money, it's going to give McKissick a lot of upside and a lot of more value. He had seven receptions, 43 yards, and a touchdown on the ground as well in that game. And he's had some solid weeks since week five. So I definitely look to pick him up. And my drop, similar to Mike's, two vet guys that have just not performed at all in past couple seasons and that's A.J. Green and Mike's pick was Hilton we're clearly seeing a declining A.J. Green whether it be injury or his age he's simply not the Bengals number one wide receiver anymore T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are clearly picking up that slack Green was targeted five times against the Steelers zero receptions zero yards this past week if you started him you probably were close to catching an L because of a zero point performance. And prior to that one, he had just two receptions for 19 yards against Tennessee with his highest week this year, 13 points. This guy's got to be dropped from your
2: team. So now going on my team, my top ads are both due to injury situations, not both to injury situations, but the first one is for the Chargers They've had multiple injuries at running back and Kalen Ballage is going to be starting for the next week or two. So, you know, if you have Justin Jackson injured, you can put him in. He's going to be running back number one, probably going to go upwards of 18 to 20 touches, which is good for PPR league, get some passes to. And for the Dolphins, new running back, Selva Ahmed, I drafted Jordan Howard because, you know, he was young. He was a stud in the future, obviously a late round pick. I'm not high in Jordan Howard but he's been balling out to the point where they just flat out cut Jordan Howard recently in the, the after last game. And really you're going to take this Kalen Ballage dude for two weeks. Austin Eckler will be back soon. And this goes to the same thing with the drop of the week. You have Justin Jackson because Austin Eckler has been injured. Drop him now because Eckler's coming back in two weeks. And then his role is going to be practically nothing. This Chargers team can't run the ball and they clearly are missing their number one running back. In Austin Eckler, and it's been sad. And for another drop of the week, I have Devin Singletary. You know, I drafted Zach Moss, but hoping he would be good. But Devin Singletary has been utterly disappointing. Good for Zach Moss owners, but man got like two touches last week. He's clearly, they're going to move him out of the rotation. He's not going to be the Bills running back number one anymore.
0: All right. And that's your fantasy roundup for this week, all you fantasy football players. And the next topic, the last topic of the football, the casual only football podcast, is the Green Bay Packers taking on the Indianapolis Colts, a 425 game. A big game for both teams, you could say more
2: so for the Colts. But let's kick it off with a good preview. So this is like obviously two good teams coming in here. Packers had a really terrible game last week. But, you know, the Jaguars, they got some lucky plays going for them. I don't think anything less of the Packers. It was close game, but, you know, it's just one of those games in the season where a really good playoff team has a poor game and a team that's underdog has that a lucky game with special team scores and everything. Colts obviously have came off a good performance last week. And Colts defense. We said it last pod, but – It is doing really good. My defensive rookie of the year pick, Julian Blackman, is on that team. They do really well against the pass and the run. I think, though, this matchup is going to come to, obviously, the opposing lines and both teams' ability to run the football. Obviously, I was talking to Kenny. David Bakhtiari is now the highest-paid lineman in NFL history. I know both of you guys can agree with that. He deserves all the money best left tackle in the league, best lineman in the NFL right now, absolute monster. And the Packers' center, Corey Lindsey is doing a good job. So, you know, they're going to probably be able to double-team DeForest Buckner, give Rodgers time to throw the football. And a man that we do not talk about enough, Devontae Adams, is making his case for one of the best wide receivers in the league. I had him top five last year. This year he's playing really – I mean, he's been injured – but. For the weeks he's played, top three receiver in the NFL. You can argue him to be around two or one, depending on how you go. Personally, I'm a Julio guy at number one, but he's been playing amazing. But this Colts team, they have to capitalize on the Packers' mistakes. You know, if these Colts can get a sloppy pass from Aaron Rodgers. The game could turn around. I have Packers as the favorites, but, you know, it's football. One play can change the whole game. This Colts team has not been able to run the ball this season. Their highest yards per carry running back, Jonathan Taylor, is at 3.8. But the Packers have the 31st-ranked run defense in the league. And if the Packers get Aaron Jones going, this is going to be a good game for the Packers. I'd say they win by probably 10 points. But, you know, interception, a fumble can change the game around for the Colts. This is a big game, two very good
1: teams in their respective conference. We're at that time of year when these big games have huge playoff and division implications, and this should be an exciting game. I'm really looking forward to watching the Colts' defense versus Aaron Rodgers. I actually think the Packers match up pretty well with the Colts. Packers have an elite O line, the Colts' strength on their defense is their disruptive D line. We all know, <clears throat> excuse me, DeForest Buckner is a beast, but. There are other D-tackle who mainly plays on early and short-down situations. Grover Stort has been a dominant run defender this year and is taking oh, yeah. advantage of the one-on-ones he gets. Keep an eye out on him. I, I think we'll hear his name a few times this weekend. But I'm not, not a huge fan of this Colts receiving core. And if Jair Alexander is healthy for Sunday – I expect the Pack to win that coverage matchup as well. I think the Packers need to be aggressive on defense, play tight press coverage, bring the safety down in the box, and sell out for the run because I think they can match up perfectly fine on the outside. For me, this game is a toss-up because I really like the Colts' defense and their O-line, which I think should dominate in the run game. For me, the X factors in this game will be both running back. The Colts O-line, like I said, has been great. But it's the running backs that haven't been performing well, like Ace said. I think Aaron Jones will need to have an impactful game to take some of the stress off Rodgers versus that very good defense. I think whichever running back group has the better game will win.
0: So some very good points there and a really good point by Mike with the running game. Now I'll get to that but you know looking at this matchup as a whole I'm obviously the big cheese head for those that don't know. Packers offense is among the league's best for points per game. There's no question marks for the offense for me and the Colts defense is a top 5 unit in this league. You look at the Packers like a set Tr became the highest-paid offensive lineman on a per-year basis, 23 mil a year. He'll be back. That's going to be huge. I think he's going to play hard for his money. And we're also getting Alan Alan Lazard back, who's the clear number two on this team. He's not played since week three after he had the core muscle surgery. He should be amped up and ready to go. MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling had a real nice game on Sunday against the Jags. So I look for this offense to be – the same as, it always, as it's as it been this whole season. No concerns for me on offense. I do think they match up well against a really good Colts defense. But, you know, I trust in Aaron Rodgers and that lethal offensive line. Here's where I lack the trust. The defense has been the clear-cut issue. Secondary's been without Kevin King for a number of weeks now. We've been without the number one corner in the league this season in J.R. Alexander. He's not played the past couple weeks with a concussion I do have high hopes that he'll be back, and hopefully Kevin King will be back. Linebacker core has been beat up by COVID. Kamal Martin was finally back. This unit as a whole has only seven takeaways on the year, and they allow 110 yards per game to opposing backs. So those are two big problems for me. Um, I need to see more takeaways by this defense, and you got to get the pass rush going as well. Overall, this defense looks like a former shell of what it once was last year with the Smith bros wreaking havoc in the past rush defense as a whole has really not impressed me at all. And, you know, you look at, at the, the defense against the run game, I mean, 31st in the league and the biggest games in the biggest, some of the biggest games, they allowed opposing rushers to dominate them Camara in that close win against the saints, Rojo, Ronald Jones and the blowout loss to the Bucks, Dalvin cook demolished them in week seven, so I'm a firm believer that Pett needs to be fired after this season because he's just not dialed up any creative scheme in, in def- on the defensive side of the ball in terms of the run game. And really just whether it's the lack of talent, you know, that's definitely in there or the play calling, you know, something's got to change. You got to get another big boy up front next to Kenny Clark. I mean, Kingsley Keekly has had a couple good games this season, but I don't know. I feel like we need another piece then you look at the Colts' backfield. While they haven't been playing the best, I do think that Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor are two very good running backs. Hines obviously more in the pass game and being an effective dual threat. He had a really good game against the Titans. And you can't forget about the, the arguably the best offensive line in football blocking for Phillip Rivers. Really good protection for him. So the Packers' pass rush, I need them to step up big, get some pressure on Phillip Rivers because he's one of the old heads in the league. You get him to get out of the pocket, and then you're going to have problems. I did like what I saw from the Smith brothers, Emerson, Gary, who had probably one of the best games of his young career with us on Sunday. I did like what I saw from them down the stretch where it mattered most in the fourth quarter, forcing Jake Lutton to make bad throws and ultimately having them go turnover on downs. I need more of that in this game, more consistency. And like I said earlier, I like what Mike said about the rushing attack. I want Aaron Jones to have a bounce back game. I think that's going to be big. And obviously every every single week, the takeaway for me is the run defense needing to step up. That's going to be big against Jonathan Taylor and Hines. I do think this will be a battle to the end. And I think Aaron Rodgers – has another MVP caliber performance against this good Colts defense. I think that's the reason why the Packers will win this game because of Aaron Rodgers.
1: Do we know the status of Alexander and King right now? I checked. I checked earlier, and no more I did tomorrow when anything. the injury reports come out. But yeah, I, I didn't know if there was anything going on now.
2: I know uh, Alexander it, was
1: in protocol, so I mean he, he should yeah. be able to play though.
2: I hope so. I think, I think that Packers defense, like, it's really good against the pass, though. Like, you're going to just – I think they're going to do really good against Phillip Rivers. It's just a question always with the backs for the Packers. Can they stop the run? I mean, you're going to clamp up Michael Pittman most likely with Alexander. Zach Pascal is their leading receiver, but he's not, like, really good. These receivers can't get a ton of separation for an old Phillip Rivers. It's really just gonna be a game of the trenches, two really good lines going against good D lines. I know yeah.
1: Packers Packers fans last year towards the end of the season, they they really wanted Blake Martinez gone, but I, I think they uh, would love to have him back right now. He's having a oh, good He's year. doing really good for the Giants, too. That, that to too. me, a that to me was Giants. a head
0: scratcher. The guy's a tackling machine, and you go out and get Christian Kirksley, who had injury problems with the Browns who now still has injury problems with us this season. Yeah, and like you said, Mike, you look at Blake with the Giants, he's lighting it up for that defense. You
1: know, he's a, a, a petting guy. He was with him on the Browns when he was the head yeah. coach there. Another thing, I, I don't know also – I also know the status of Colts tight end Jack Doyle. If he can play, <clears throat> that would help as well because now you're going to put their linebackers in tough uh, position. But – it. <laughs> It's going to come he, down to – He actually
0: remains in concussion protocol still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that will that,
1: <clears throat> that will help the Colts if he comes back too. But the Packers, they just – they can't let the Colts run all over them. I mm-hmm. think whoever just controls the game more and just doesn't – oh, yeah, just controls the game, I think they'll win. Because yeah
2: that's I why I want Jones
1: – that's why Aaron Jones needs to have a big game – kind of, you know, and make sure you score and take away Mm -hmm. the running game from the Colts, make Rivers just drop back all game.
0: Exactly. That's what I was just about to say. Like, if we can get, you know, substantial control over the run game, I have faith in our secondary to, you know, lock it down. And the pass rush just needs to get there on Phillip Rivers and force him to make the bad throws. Because like we've said in past episodes, this is a Colts offense. And Mike, you're, you know, you're an AFC South guy. This is a Colts offense that really lacks the big playability. So if we can shut down the run, I'm not too scared of the of the Colts receivers. especially with Hilton like we talk, like I brought him up in that topic yeah. before.
1: He they need him. They need that explosive dynamic playmaking
2: ability and they just they just don't have it right now. I'm personally just really surprised with the Colts' ability to not run the ball. Like, how do you have that good of offensive line to only get three point eight yards per run, carry? Running back, star rookie. They still need
1: to make plays. They still got to hit the right hole. They got to make a guy miss it eventually. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, he's been he's been benched a couple times, so he's clearly. And they also, you got to be good at pass blocking. Coaches really care about that. So they, it's really the backs that just haven't.
0: And I don't think. Well. Hyde, Hyde. Hines was, was pretty damn good against the Titans in terms of being a dual threat. I mean, there's 70 yards on the ground, a touchdown, and, and uh, 45 yards in receiving with a touchdown. He's, to me, going to be the X-Factor because I have jo- um, Jonathan Taylor in fantasy. He hasn't been the best. So I look for Hines to, to be their X-Factor. But this has been another great episode of the Casuals Only Football podcast. Stay tuned for another episode next week. Peace. See ya.